Welcome to episode one of Beers and Beauties. In tonight's episode, we are going to highlight our top 10 moments from women's sports from 2021. This is your taste test into what's to come from future episodes of Beers and Beauties. Doesn't matter if you got Coors, Bush, Bud Light, or a local shop's IPA. All beers are welcome at Beers and Beauties, baby. Let's go. All right, ads. Here we are, Beers and Beauties episode one. Big deal. I know what's in my can. My can today is a local beer from a company called Good Neighbor Brewing. This is buddies of mine. I know I'm biased. They're buddies of mine. They're two women who started a brewery here in Winnipeg. And I am more than excited to sip some of their beers for episode one. Any chance you're drinking a premium pale ale Czech style? (laughs) That's exactly what's in my hand. Should we crack her? We should crack her open. Ah! I love it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, today's an exciting episode. I'm super happy that we get an opportunity to highlight women's sports. Beauty sports for us started late in 2021, but there was a lot that happened in 2021. And I think this is a great way for us to intro the future of beauty sports and the future of beers and beauties with our guests with a beer. With a beer. Cheers. Are you a good neighbor? I'm a good neighbor. I'm a good neighbor. Love <laughs> it. So good. And so I think that this is such a it's such a great moment because, you know, we hope everybody had a great holiday. This is us coming back after the holiday break, um, enjoying time with our family and really just taking an opportunity to think about 2021 and what it really has meant in women's sports from so many different perspectives, from the way it's, you know, perceived in media, the the conversation surrounding it, as well as like, let's just talk about good old sports. Well, that's like, right. I think, isn't that the most true? Like there were a lot of things that happened that we didn't get the opportunity to talk about on the podcast because we started late in 2021. And so we come out of Christmas and spending time with friends and family, drinking beer or eggnogs and rums as Penny makes, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, and this is our opportunity and, and for everyone listening, this is our top 10. So we put a lot of a time in looking into, you know, what we thought were some of the most impactful events of, of 2021 in the sports world, specifically to women's sports. So ads, I think in no particular order, let's kick it off. You start with whatever you want to start with. I love it. And, and just like Cowie's saying, no order, but let's just talk about unbelievable things that happened in 2021 when Can it I comes to women's sports. Can This beer's good. It's so good. <laughs> I just took a sip when you were talking. I was like, damn. Yeah, not bad. Really? All right, back to her. <laughs> right your, back into her. What's bud? your first well, one? We're list. drinking. So, like, let's get real. If If we were to sit here and talk about top 10 things that happened this year, Layla Fernandez and Emma Ranacanu, you you can't even picture a bigger stage and a bigger storyline than that this year. Yeah, than the U.S. US Open. U.S. Open, Layla Fernandez, Emma Ranacanu, both in the final, both teenagers beating out some of the biggest names in women's sports. We're not just talking like top 50. We're talking... Naomi, mm-hmm. Osaka, mm-hmm. we're talking like huge names. Well, that's the thing. Like Layla Fernandez def- defeating three of the top five seeds. Yeah. That included Naomi Osaka. That including number five, Alina Svitolana. Yeah. Number two, 
Oh man, wanna, I know wanna... tennis is hard names. Good you thing we're drinking because this is a tough one. Sabalenka, Sabal- Sabalenka, yeah, for sure. It. And here's the thing that gets me right because Layla Fernandez beat you know essentially you know from round of sixteen she went Kerber Slavlinka Sabalinka and then she goes Raducanu. And then you get to the final, and Raducanu beats her in straight sets. I know. I know. Like, and, and you talk about different journeys, right? So Raducanu had, she beat the 17th seed, Marita Zachary, in the semis. Um, and that made her the first qualifier to reach a Grand Slam final at, from, you know, British women other in, the, in 44 years. That's 44-year run um, of British women not ending up in a final. And and she gets there at the time, eighteen years old. It's it's almost like it. It seems like it's made up. Like how could you, how could you even think first and foremost of maybe one of the biggest? Well, she is the highest paid female tennis player, Naomi Osaka. She beat mm-hmm. out Serena Williams. That's right. Like being beat out, and now we've got two teenagers in the U.S. Open. Like. Well, and speaking oh, of yeah, speaking of Serena gosh. Williams, that's the first teenage U.S. Open final since Serena Williams beat Martina Hingis in the '99 Open. Wow. So just to set the stage, right? That's 22 years later at that point. Yeah, could you imagine being Emma Raducanu and your first win? Being on that stage. <laughs> Being the U.S. Open <laughs> and your cute little check you get to put in your pocket is 2.7 mil. I know. Like, right? what a what a moment the for women. The definition women's. of hard and, work. And off. I think one of the coolest parts about this was you're seeing the next generation of women's tennis come full force. hundred percent. You're seeing the next, and, and I would put Naomi Osaka in the same category. Like I wouldn't completely eliminate her out of that conversation. Yeah. But you are in that match. You are looking at the future of tennis. Yeah. And I think, you know, interesting you say that because the future of tennis, they took a very interesting stance in representing jerseys and recognizing historical events that had happened on the stage that they were in. And so understanding the platform they have and the power they have as elite athletes um, on that stage. And I think you're right. We, we, that was very much a, a inside track on the future of women's tennis, but also understanding their ability as elite athletes. Yeah, absolutely. Huge, huge moment. And the cool part about it was obviously we were watching, but there was a lot of people just watching because of that storyline. A lot of people that normally wouldn't watch tennis that were like, wait a second, there's two teenagers <laughs> yeah. essentially. And I don't want to say this because I know um, Emma Raducanu, I, you know, says that she's from the United Ke- Kingdom and that's where she lives is London, but she was born here. In Toronto. I know. We can kind of claim her. I was just going to say, was that a Canadian <laughs> Canadian final? Kind of. A teenage. Kind of, yeah, yeah. No, legit. So that that for sure, uh, huge moment. Yeah. Future tennis. Yeah. 
Future of tennis. Absolutely. All right. Number two for me, or second that we're going to talk about for me, uh, was the Canadian women's soccer team. And I, you know, I think that was such an interesting way that they went into the Olympics of changing the color because they had been previous bronze medalists. And that was the goal was to come up with anything other than a bronze. And they end up meeting the U S in the semifinals trying to punch their ticket to the finals. And we all know Canada, U S doesn't matter what sport you put it in is a huge rivalry beating them one, nothing. And then going into the finals versus Sweden and going into the ever so dreaded that we have talked about to the nth degree penalty kicks, uh, beating Sweden 3-2 in penalties to claim their first ever Olympic gold medal. I think that's got to be on our list. Absolutely. And, you know, Bev uh, Priestman, their head coach, talked a lot about them uh, being brave. Talked yeah. a lot about this group being being brave. There's a The U.S. women's national soccer team is such a huge force. And when this woman said, like, I remember watching her press conference and being like, I've challenged this group to be as brave as they possibly can to go into every single match acting like they are the champions, like they're meant to be here. For me, that that solidified. She won coach of the year this year. Bev Priestman to me was a huge part of this team winning, but you're right. Like even in Christine Sinclair in interviews after she's like I didn't know if this team was the team to win it this year she's mm-hmm. like I knew it would be the team in years to come mm-hmm. but it just showed the young talent this year had enough in them to get it done and, and that was huge and I think the gut check oh yeah right? and I I love the realistic goal it it's not like they said let's let's be gold medalists it was let's just change the color we've we've sat on this third chair for long enough that's the goal Let's change the color. And they went in there with that mindset. And then beating the U.S. in the semis, guarantee they, they already achieved the goal. Yeah. They knew that they were changing the color. And then it's like, okay, new goal. <laughs> Let's be Olympic gold medalists. And Jesus. Were you also up at 3 a.m. watching all these yeah, games? I because sure holy and moly. Like, and that's the interesting thing for me is soccer, <clears throat> historically, excuse me, I never, I never played um, growing up. We played hockey, and then in the summertime, I played fastball. And so soccer was a bit of a foreign world, but you can't help. I don't care what sports you are a fan of, whether that is boxing, MMA, tennis, golf, hockey. When you see your nation vying for a gold medal in the Olympics, you set your alarm. So I was there. I mean, Absolutely. I felt like I was there. Yeah. I wasn't. I was in my basement. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish like I, I wish I yeah, was there. 100%. But like we've talked about before, I the penalty kicks, oh. I'm pacing. I'm just oh. like, well, beers with beauty. So I'm drinking. Yeah, beers at 3 a.m. Yeah. I'll call you I'm drinking year. for the goalies because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I need to do this for you because I know you would be doing it. Uh, 100%. So yeah, huge as Canadians what a what an incredible feat and you're right they changed the color they stepped up to the plate and they did it so absolutely massive and then even continuing on that would be the Chicago Sky winning their first ever WA championship this was this was huge because i think there was well coming into first and foremost fighting for a seed in the playoffs. 
They weren't even guaranteed a spot fighting for a seed. Then you've got veterans like Candace Parker that are like, Kate, now we're in. We're in the dance. Let's get after it. And isn't that the best part about playoffs? You go through a 16-16 season and then it all washes. Totally. doesn't matter if you're the eighth seed. We saw that in the NHL last year, Montreal. doesn't matter where you sit. You're in the playoffs. Season starts now. Great point. Great point. And it, you know, they end up playing in the final, the Phoenix Mercury, who have, like, dynamic players on it. We're talking Brittany Griner, Diana Taurasi, Diggett um, Smith, Smith yep. Nurse. Like, it's not a casual roster. It's a no. loaded 100%. roster. And Sky, you just got this feeling. You just got this understanding of, like, this was a united team. And I do I do want to give, a, like, obviously a shout-out to Candace Parker for coming back to her home city. You know, she was in L.A. She was played for the Sparks and said, you know what? It's time to come home. It's time to make an impact in Chicago. She's got Courtney Vandersloot, who's my favorite player. And then, you know, Allie Quigley wins the three-point um, and uh, three-pointer in the uh, NBA All-Star game, like, for three years in a row. Just an absolute unbelievable player. And... You just you just had this gut feeling that they were going to win, so they take the final three one over Mercury, and it was a huge moment for the yep. club. Huge <laughs> moment. It was the first ever, and uh, to take the championship back to Chicago, the year that Candace Parker decides to go back to Chicago. You can't write, write a better storyline. Well, and I think that you said. I mean, I'll, I mean, two comments here. One, we made it two episodes with you. Oh, you mentioning Courtney Vandersloot. So we're back. Well, we're back, baby. <laughs> we all are aware that she's your favorite player. And if there's ever an she's opportunity for beauties to end up somewhere near Courtney Vandersloot, we'll get there. We will be there. Um, but the fact that Vandersloot and Quigley are the only players left from their 2014 finals appearance the redemption that that must feel. And you could kind of get that in their speeches when they won. Yeah. Um, I Redemption is a beautiful thing, and it was well-earned, well-deserved, so. Yeah. It's, that, that was, that was, to see them go from potentially not even having a playoff spot to winning it, big moment. Big huge, moment huge this year. Moment. I think, you know, next on my list is at uh, 2021 has been an interesting year with the pandemic. And I think we all had a, a bit of an internal realization of, of what matters to us. It really made us highlight um, the important things in our life. And so for me, a highlight that we can't not talk about from 2021 is Simone Biles and her, you know, I'm going to call it a comeback to claim a bronze medal after after withdrawing essentially to focus on herself and her mental health. And, you know, they're at that point, they're poised to go into the team finals. She goes up, she's not, and I've got a quote written down here. It wasn't easy pulling out of all those competitions. I physically and mentally wasn't in the right headspace and didn't want to jeopardize my health or my safety because at the end of the day, it's not worth it. My mental and physical health is above all medals I could ever win. And I think for someone of that level to realize that they're the best in the world and prioritize the health of their their mental state 
it is so impactful beyond what she ever in that moment thought it was. And then to rally back from that, her team rallies around her and wins a silver medal in the team finals. And she comes back and wins a bronze medal herself. <clears throat> I, I don't think we can ever downplay the value, especially in a year like we've had right now around her prioritizing herself and her mental health. No, I could not, could not agree more. And guess who was time magazine athlete of the year, right? You know, she's, there's no, she's a physical specimen. Like she is so talented. And when you see even, and so even, so there's being a talented athlete and then there's being a really good teammate. And, and a really good human being. And a good human. Yeah. So when when you see her pull out mm -hmm. and then all the cameras follow her, mm -hmm. all she's saying to her teammates is, you've got this. You don't need you don't need me. You don't need me. You've got this. Like, and for me, that shows a lot of character, right? Like for her to be able to walk away from a stage like that that you've trained, well. How many Olympics has she been in? Like, let's get real. She's unbelievable. But yeah. to walk away in a stage like that where she knows all eyes are on her and all she is thinking about are making sure her teammates know that you're good, man. You're good. Like, for me, that was a big character moment. And, and we saw the ripple effect, which I thought was really cool. You know, we saw it in tennis. Um, and we saw it across sports is that there was a clear... Uh, highlighter, you know, if you had a page, it was an highlighter across mental health and that you, you can only be the best you and the best version of you, whether that's athlete or human being, if you prioritize your own mental health. And so, I mean, hats off to Simone Biles and hats off to all the athletes we saw that followed suit on that. And then I would encourage anyone else who's listening, you know, that's, that's priority. I, my, my grandpa always said it best is you take care of number one, that's being you and everyone around you sees the benefit of that. Yeah. And I think that they did. Well, now they've got a traveling tour of yep. all the U.S. women, gymnastics. Like, get me a couple tickets to that bad boy. I for sure want to go to that. Yeah, so, that. you know, it's it was such a, it was, you know, in some ways it was such a defining moment. And, but at the end of the day, you just want, wish her the best. And like, yeah, that was the best thing for you. Yeah. So get it, girl, because you're. Yeah. One in a million. Simone Biles is one in a million. Oh, yeah. She's, she's unbelievable. She's elite. So moving on to the next aspect of uh, our top 10 here is Washington Spirit and the NWSL. Like the same thing like Chicago Sky wins the first NWSL championship in D.C. Like it's... There's been so much in the NWSL this year that like, it is such a, it's so huge. And like, here's, here's one thing. And there, there's no better sentence than this to kind of wrap up the season for the Washington spirit is the match ended in extra time with the final goal from Washington's own Kelly O'Hara. <laughs> I don't think it gets better than that. I know. And you're right. A year of, literal turmoil for those players as a lot around player safety yeah. and treatment coaches were fired. There's a power struggle in their ownership group. 
They had to forfeit a couple of games in September due to some stuff with the pandemic. Uh, it was it was a, a storyline that is it can't be written from anyone who's trying to, to find that and to find Kelly O'Hara, who has done so much for female soccer and female sports in general. She's got her own podcast, Just Women's Sports Podcast. If any of you are interested in women's sports, I would encourage you to head there. You have to check it out. It's yeah, so good. Because she does a great job of highlighting so other elite level athletes. But yeah, the, the Washington spirit is, yeah, storyline you can't write. And with them ending in the season in third place, playing in the final against fourth place, which means that they had to beat out Portland Upsets. and O.L. Reign. Like, talk about an upset. Mm-hmm. Bringing a championship back to a city that hasn't had it before, beating out, well, two names right off the bat, Christine Sinclair and mm-hmm. Megan Rapino. Oh, just no, a little. No one's heard of them. Yeah, no, just a little <laughs> couple wins there, you know? So this is just such a huge moment for women's soccer, and it shows the competitiveness of the league it yeah. shows that it doesn't matter. Just like we were talking about WNBA, you're competing to get in, but yeah. once you get in, baby, she's a clean slate. Well, exactly. And and we talked about last episode when we were talking about the NWSL uh, expansion draft and the college draft, Jalen Howell from FSU going second overall. Trinity Rodman went second overall last year. She ends up being the 2020, 20, 2021 beers. <laughs> 2021 Rookie of the Year this year. She was a second overall pick, and she's the one who puts that cross-pitch pass to Kelly O'Hara. Yeah. Um, you can't. What's going on next year, Jalen Hell? Yeah. <laughs> what are you up to, girl? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, huge. So with O.L. Reign and Washington Spirit, Washington Spirit taking it 2-1, Chicago Red Stars beating Portland 2-0. Yep. Wow. Unbelievable. And then with the Washington spirit coming out on top, I'm telling you this much though, they partied. Oh, they partied. Can you imagine? They the had party? a good time winning that championship. I'll that tell party. you that much. Oh yeah. No, that was huge. We, we think we're hosting our own party on a Sunday night. No. Oof. Yeah. We need to win it. All right. So we're kind of doing the flip flop of sports here. But I think what has to be on our list is the U.S. women's basketball team winning their seventh straight Olympic gold medal. And when I say that out loud, it might not sound that glorious. But when we put it in context of the Olympics happening every four years, that means that the U.S. has won 55 Olympic basketball games straight Dating back to the 1992 when me and you were running around playing mini sticks because we were five <laughs> or four <laughs> Barcelona games. Massive. I can't. It's too much. Massive. It's, it's too but much. But when we talk about the WNBA, are we shocked? No. They have no. the best infrastructure in the world. Yeah. Agreed. For elite for, basketball. For, yeah. For like elite it, basketball for women. I couldn't agree more. And then when you think about people like Sue Bird and Diana no. Taurasi, when you think of them being in four Olympics, like... No, no, no. Diana Taurasi, that's her fifth gold medal. What? That's her fifth gold medal. It, it, that's what I mean, right? Stop. And so the, the level of, of, of elite athletes that we have in the WNBA translate directly to the U.S. Women's National Team winning seven straight 
Uh, I was going to say five. Wow. (laughs) Seven straight Olympic gold medals. Brittany Griner, we've talked about her on this podcast before, scores 30 points in the gold medal game. She's not only a superstar superstar in the WNBA, she's a superstar in the Olympics. That is, I thought, like, that is unbelievable. Well, yeah. That is unbelievable. Their coach wins her first gold medal as a coach after winning three gold medals as a player. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what do you even do with information like that? I know. You write it down and we talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, legendary. (laughs) Legendary. I can't even. Uh, How do you even wrap that in a bow? Like, how do you even? It's just. It's like legendary. My, I can tell you what my mantle looks like outside. <laughs> it's got nothing. It's got my PlayStation on it, so that I can play the next game. These guys got gold medals and championships oh dangling off theirs. It's unreal. Unbelievable. unreal. That is. I didn't. Yeah. I did know. I didn't know to the extent of right. how far know, that goes just, back. And they've been elite for years. Yeah. They've well, been elite for years. When you see like there was that 25th anniversary uh, jacket. That uh, yeah. the the WNBA players and Sue Bird puts it on and it's like oh baby that's the sickest thing I've ever seen in my life and leather w- sleeves like give me a break Letterman jackets and that's the thing the WNBA like they're so poised for success for the next I can't even tell you how yeah. long because they exactly they have players who are like the best in the world who've won well God knows how many of the seven straight that they've won like as leadership as analysts like. Yeah. And That's the talent, gorgeous. better, 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 yep. better. It's only growing. Yep. And it will, like we could go on for days about this because it's all about knowing your path. Well, but, and we, <laughs> we, we watched the, you know, uh, last week we watched the, the double header between the WNBA lottery. Yeah. That's when, and when we talk about the WNBA lottery, we're talking about some of those players, Melissa Smith, who might go high, likely will go high. In the WNBA NBA draft in April, totally. It yeah, there's yeah. it's it's elite. Yeah, Ryan Howard, totally. So many incredible people, and and speaking of elite, we could not move on without talking about Nelly Corda. Yeah. So holy man, has this girl had a year like un unbelievable? And we talk about. A lot about Nelly Corda. She obviously has a sister, Jessica Corda, but this was Nelly's year. It was her and oh, Jin Young Ko. Yep. It was Olympic gold medalist. Yep. Just winning tournament, tournament, and playing effortlessly, you know. And so this year with Nelly Corda, you you try to think of the the ways that you could even narrow it down to one point where you think, okay, well, this is the one point where she broke out. It was like consistent throughout the year that Nellie Corda was the best first ranked overall LPGA player. Yep. It was Pelican women's championship from the very beginning. And then now ending off the season, getting to play, um, with tiger, you know, Oh. Oh, that was the best in the PNC. And I love, I, I do love that the PNC is now not no longer called the father son. It's just called the PNC Championship, which allowed. Well, and that, I think you should look this up. Fact check me, but uh, two years ago was the first. Who was it? Annika Sorenstam. Oh, like Sorenstam. Yeah, yeah. The first uh, female player who got to play in the PNC. 
And so this year, Nellie and her dad, Peter, who won the 99 Australian Open, 98 Australian Open. Yeah, pro tennis player for years and her brother, Sebastian, tennis player for years. So, you know, gets to go into that with with her dad, gets to have the picture with with Tiger, who's been a a longtime hero for her. I think, you know, historic moments we've talked about in 2021. Nellie Korda winning a gold medal at the Olympics was the first U.S. player to win a medal in golf since Margaret Abbott in 1900. Stop. Yeah. What? I know. And so for her, that battle at the top is really what it came down to. And it's funny because we have this North America and the rest of the world split. And so everyone here, we see Nellie Korda, Nellie Korda, Nellie Korda. But... The rest of the world sees Jin Young Ko, Jin Young Ko, Jin Young Ko. Yeah. And then we go into Jin Young Ko trailing Korda in the, for the Rolex Player of the Year going into the CME group tour. Yeah. And and the rest, yeah, because Jin Young Ko ended up winning CME yeah. player, Rolex Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. And so what I take away from that, because we're, we're here talking about Nelly Korda being a part of the top 10 you know, women athletes of 2021, which she is, no question about it. But that just shows how competitive LPGA is. Oh, huge. Because Jin Young Ko, at the end of it, ends up winning Rolex Mm -hmm. Player of the Year over somebody who is an Olympic gold medalist. That's right. Unbelievable. So good. I know. And she earned her spot uh, in this tournament with Tiger after Anna Sorenstam. So that's, yeah, huge. Huge, huge. The PNC, I love it. <laughs> I the do PNC. love it. Okay, on my list, we got to talk about page backers. Oh, so, do we ever? Yeah, anyone who's not familiar with NCAA, up until June twenty one of twenty twenty one, no NCAA player could receive any monetary value um, for anything, really. Uh, so they they changed the ruling. It's called the NIL name image likeness ruling, so that they can now receive financial uh, pay <laughs> for yeah their name, their image, or their likeness. And up until they, you know that so that that retains the same rules that existed in NCAA, where it, there it, it maintains the fairness and and the uh, integrity around recruiting. So it's not like they can go and pay someone to come to a certain school. But Paige Beckers becomes the first NCAA player. She is now sponsored by Gatorade and a couple of other things. You know, she was back-to-back player of the year, first as a senior in high school and then as a freshman at UConn. Uh, she it is game-changing when we look at the NW, or WNBA as well. Because I think we have four years of Paige Beckers, or three years, I guess, left of Paige Beckers being at UConn, receiving uh, potentially some significant checks from her endorsement and partnership with Gatorade that then will lead into, I think, a really exciting evolution of women's sports, specific to WNBA, where she's going to come out of college making big bank, and they are going to justify bigger paychecks for the WNBA going forward. Such, such a huge moment. And I just want to feed off the fact of she is the first. First. Men, women, women 
Doesn't first. matter. Yeah, she is definitely. the first. Yeah. So what I would do to get a hold of that Gatorade jacket that she gave her would be <laughs> yeah. big, big, big money. It was huge. It was so lit. Like it was so great. And you can't even start to even comprehend what the, this means. Well, the value on it. So that's the thing. When I was looking into this a little bit more, to put it into context, Paige Becker's coach salary is 600K a year plus speaking engagements and whatever else, estimated $2.2 million extra. President Mark uh, Mark Emmerts, I think is his name, his base salary, $2.7 million. NCAA brings in north of a billion dollars annually, and every athlete up until the change of this rule could receive $0. Crazy. It's game-changing. It's life-changing for future athletes, and... She is a very unique player. Her skill set is unique. Her um, ability to own the court, but also own her own abilities and understand her own value is so unique. I'm so excited for what the future holds because of Paige Beckers. I I couldn't agree more. This is the this is the name that we're going to be following for years because even when she gets signed with Gatorade, which is I, I can't even put into words how monumental that is. Azzy Fudd mm-hmm. gets signed by Steph, Stephen yeah, Curry. Like the true, trickle yeah. effect is already starting, yeah. you know, and now Azzy Fudd's under his brand and it's like, this is a huge shift for women's basketball because uh, Gino, the head coach of UConn, he has been a huge name. He, well, he is a huge name. He's even in a master class where he's talking about coaching and all this stuff. Uh, and for Paige, somebody like that to walk out of his program, right, is is going to alter the way NCAA, you know, like recruitment. Like there's so many aspects of this that this changes. It's so exciting. And to see it already happening with uh, Stephen Curry's company, like mm-hmm. you can see you can see it's starting oh, to yeah. roll. Snowball will, will continue, and that's the exciting. It doesn't matter if you're uh, in male or, or or female athletics. That's a game-changing announcement that came in June of this year. And, it, you know, the stage is set for them to continue to fight through Congress in the U.S. to make sure that this is, this is an interim change, right? It's not uh, written in stone by any means, but... They can't go backwards now. I I really don't believe they can. And so I'm super excited for 2022 to see them solidify that opportunity and for us to continue to see this endorsement and partnership between athletes and, and businesses. Yeah, absolutely. So with them saying that, moving into 2022, NHL 22, EA Sports. I think we would be crazy not to include this with the women being involved with the NHL 2022 EA sports. Mm -hmm. It's when we talked about this before with them being involved with the video game, it now creates women's hockey as a household name. A hundred percent. And that's the thing. Like if you look back, so I, I know in our previous episodes, I said NHL 99, is where I really remember NHL. And when I was doing some research on that, there was a shift in the licensing and stuff of NHL 
in those years. NHL started it as a video game in 1991. <laughs> and so we're 30 years later, and we now have the ability to have household names for kids to play a video game in it. And I am so excited for the year that we have the first woman on the cover Huge. of NHL 2022. I do think it's going to change its name because I think that's a whole other thing we'll get into next year um, that I'm not sure we can have because it's not a female NHL. Right. Right. So they're, they're piggybacking on those athletes through an IHF channel. Right. But yeah. The fact that you're right, this becomes a household name that everyone will know. The Hillary Knights, the Kendall Coyne Schofields, the Marie Philippe Poulins, the Jocelyn LaRocks, that they can play that in a video game in their own house is so impactful. It's got to be a highlight. Yeah, there's there's no question. And I know throughout the years that there'd be so many times that we'd be sitting looking to play NHL. Mm-hmm. and. For sure, people would pick the national women's team to be. But it's like, it's never been an option. And now it is. Now it's an option and now it'll be there. Yeah, and interesting. Okay, this is a little digress story time. But (laughs) every game I play, and I'm not like a huge gamer, but I do like sports uh, through, well, whatever, PlayStation, doesn't matter, Xbox. But I name my players every time J-O, Joe, random because it's it's super gender it doesn't have an e so it doesn't make a male doesn't make a female it just is joe random because i can't fathom calling them a female that i know and them having a beard right Uh, but i don't have the option to play with a woman as a player right and so i i can't tell you as a 34 year old person who still likes to play video games how impactful that will be or young boys and girls who get the opportunity to play those games. Totally. So um, there's a there's a statement here that I want to read, but I can't spell the I can't say the guy's last name. Yeah. It's Ramjasai, Ramja Sean Ramjasai, vice president of EA Sports, and he said the introduction of women's national teams to the NHL 22 as a part of upcoming IIHF content will be an important moment for franchise in its continued effort to reflect diversity of the hockey community and it's like so when we're talking national teams mm-hmm. are we talking like finland yeah are I we talking so. sweden that's the, are we talking that's the everybody Maybe we get to play with the yeah absolutely that's what that's i just wanted to make sure we knew that it was like yeah it's not we're talking canada, the world we're talking IHF. national teams yeah, right. yep we're not just canada usa yeah, this is all women's national teams yep. So this is super, like, you know, obviously everything that we've gone over this past episode is a really big step in the right direction. In women's hockey, like, this is huge. It is. It is huge. And I think, you know, we're going into a, I guess that is the last on our list. Yeah. We're going into the the Olympics. You said it last episode. We were six weeks away. We're going into the Olympics where it's the Winter Olympics. We have <clears throat> the best rivalry rivalry we've ever seen, I think, in Canada and the U.S. And that coming off of our last moment of our, our top 10 from 2021 of Canada 
defeating the U.S. for that world championship title. Because we talked about it last episode. We lagged. We, we, we were falling behind. And we made the necessary changes as a nation in terms of Hockey Canada to appreciate the players we had, appreciate the leadership, but also value new blood, new talent. And so we saw them defeat the U.S. in OT, which was a wild one because as a spectator, we thought we all saw it go in. And we talked about this last episode too, MPP with the golden goals doesn't seem to matter. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be the strategy for the U.S. in every overtime going forward. It's just like, let's huddle around her. Yeah. Because every OT winner seems to go off of her stick. But she goes bar down to win that world championship. And that very much shifted now what we've seen in the rivalry series and probably what we see going into the Olympics. Yeah. And so setting the stage for February, that game – and now the rivalry series and whatever is happening across seas in terms of Finland, Sweden, all of those, you know, Czech, whoever else. Uh, I'm super excited to set my alarm to watch hockey in the Olympics in 2022 because I think it's going to be the best we've seen yet. Yeah. No, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think that it's, it is setting the stage to what is going to be an incredible Olympics. And after the year that we've all had... People are dying. We need it. We need it. We need it. We need to see these women compete. We need to see in in all, you know, winter sports. Like we we did a segment on curling. Like we like this is going to be an incredibly competitive Olympics. Jen Jones hopefully winning a gold medal. That's right. You know, (laughs) like it is going to be so fun. It is to be able to break down the Olympics. Everything that's going on coming up in 2022, 2021 was quite the year. Sure, sure it, was, yeah. It was quite the year. And Hold on one sec. Oh, round two, baby. Moss. And it's just, it's, yeah, there's, the Olympics is going to be incredible. There's, but to think of everything that's happened this past year, you can't, you can't deny that the push towards women hockey has moved or women's sports has moved in the right direction. It has a hundred percent. We were hard on it, I think in a few episodes, but we were only hard on it because we care. Um, it's all for the right reasons. If you can't see right now, Addie's wiping a little spill on her sweater from her beer. Just open a banana. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I do think that, you know, we're, we're hard on it because there's a passion. And I don't want people to <laughs> um, misconstrue that as, as that we're we're trying to beat it down because we are the biggest sports fans. I, like I say, I put a I put a phone in my pocket to watch sports last week, and um, I, I think that if there's anything that we can do as we continue through 2022 on this journey with all of you, is continue to highlight women's sports. And we hope in 2022 that we can we can find. Um, more sports. We've we very much focused on what I would call mainstream sports, but we've had conversations around MMA, um, around CrossFit, CrossFit around yeah. squash. Uh, and so we hope to find those and follow those and bring those to light for you as well. So yeah, it's it's been an interesting 2021. I hope um 
I hope that you guys agree with our, our top 10, but I would also encourage your feedback if you didn't. Yeah. If you, if you think we missed something, if you think we were completely off base on one thing or the other, reach out. We want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. We want to, we, we took a deep dive and, you know, we're excited about the things that we said, but we'd be more excited about things that, you know, we could talk about more about, you know? So I think 2021 was a great year. I could not be more excited for 2022. I can't wait to see, uh, see where this goes. And I appreciate you being here with me, buddy. Yeah. It's been fun ads. I think, um, you know, for those of you who follow us and have been here, Addy and I have said it every episode, but thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming back. If this is your first episode, I hope you go back and listen to the rest and find us on social. Find us on Instagram at Beauty Sports. Find us on Twitter at underscore Beauty Sports. You can get our merch uh, online at beautysports.com. If you really hunt and peck, you can find Addie and I online as well. But connect with us any way that you see fit. And we are excited to come back and join you in 2022 we're not far off of the olympics <laughs> ads so Excited. we're going to be setting up some alarms in february but any uh last words before we sign off for uh, our last episode of 21 uh well just thank you guys so much and i hope you have a great new year's with your family and come come on back every tuesday we're going to be rocking all the way through so thank you guys so much and it's been great i agree cheers thanks for joining us folks we'll see you in the new year cheers